0: So as you know, we're in our Acts of the Apostles series. We've got to chapter 19, and today's text starts at verse 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. And some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognized, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Now, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Archaea and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Man, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but almost in all of, of in all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger, not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the, this, of the great goddess Artemis, Artemis may be counted as nothing and that she may even be deposed From her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with the confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished To go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, for about two hours they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, "Men of Ephesus, Who is there who does not know that the city of Ephesians is temple keeper of the great Artemis? and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky. Seeing that, that thing that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and not do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsman with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open. And there are proconsuls, let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when they had said these things, he dismissed the assembly.
1: See, it works when I turn it on. <laughs> Thank you, Mars, very much for reading. Um, depends on your sense of humor. It's kind of a comedy today, or some of it is. But uh, let us let me just uh, get you guys back up to speed from last week. We have this powerful, powerful verse. Um, and and it's, um, Luke uses it as in a refrain, and it comes throughout the book. And it's showing what the Holy Spirit is doing. They continued two years, so Paul he continues two years uh, there teaching so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord about Jews and Greeks. So that's Paul speaks Paul stays the two years in Ephesus, right next to the Jewish synagogue and Everyone is hearing, and also explain some of the setup of what we're going to go through. Uh, some of the things that I forgot last time, I just want to show you. Uh, These uh, you can show the video, I think, and you can see here. View from the again a Cracker Lips, the highest view, so you can see some of the ruins down there. You can see the theater over there that they talk about. You can see the columns there. And so these are real places. Uh, and so we I think the theater will be over here a little bit. And so you can see it's real places. There's some of uh, the theater uh, holds about 25,000 people. It's been a little bit bigger since Paul was there. Um, and then you can see what the uh, city looks like of Ephesus. There's, that's the li- layout of the city. And then the temple that we talked about here, each huge like it's huge it's bigger than a soccer field that's how huge it is it was seen as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world um uh the the just uh, one one back the legend of artemis as as we hear a little bit is that they think like a meteor or something falls down and it looks like women with four breasts or something that should be in the middle. Uh, so again, a little bit like uh, we had in um, Co- Corinth. These cults are highly sexual. And also the festivals would have some festivals at the temples where there would be orgies and other things. So it's not something that the the believers can participate in. And therefore the, the market f- for buying these shrines that uh, we, we talked about the will go away so they have a complaint then you can take the uh, the amphitheater yeah it looks like that and so pretty big as well and we saw it in the video and yeah so let's, uh, let's <coughs> um, mm, yeah so let's just go ahead so we've uh, we had Miley's was so kind to read so I could save some of my voice um, so some of the the theme here today is what What does it look like with the true power of God versus other spiritual powers or even the spirit of this world so we 'll see how we have these uh, we have this uh, sentence that, you know if you look there in the beginning um God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Not just, uh, not just, uh, not just miracles, but extraordinary ones. We had that set of Peter earlier. That some people are. Can you turn me down a little bit because there's this feedback thing I'm hearing. Um, so that so that God is actually healing people just by just by a piece of cloth uh, touching other people. But the um, the thing is that it's not. About the cloth, it's just God choosing to save these people, choosing to heal these people, choosing to cast out these demons. Now, the the contrast becomes when these uh, when these um, um, when these other people look at what's happening, to seeing the success of what is happening, we see some envy, we see some jealousy. We also see these. Uh, I mean, depends on your. Uh, Sense of humor, but it is kind of an interesting humorous story that these uh, traveling around, uh, casting out people, uh, casting out, (laughs) casting out demons, uh, people. They they hear, oh, this like just putting the name of Jesus or something, and and they weren't sure about Jesus, so they put in Paul also. They didn't really know Jesus, so it's it's the it's the Jesus that Paul talks about. Like putting that on and then saying that and seeing how it's gonna go with the demon. Well, God underlined that <laughs> that this doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, so those people are the the man who was uh, possessed by the demon gets extraordinary strengths and and speaks back to the people saying, "Hey, I know who Jesus is, and Paul I've heard about, but who are you? You have no power over me, so I'm gonna jump up and beat you." All of seven of you beat you and rip off your clothes and you can run out. This is a huge contrast in this false, p- false perception of having power and then God just saying, you are healed. Healed by a handkerchief or a sock or whatever. Or We have it earlier on Peter's shadow. And the interesting thing, it's not about Paul and it's not about Peter but it's about the God they worship that have that power. So, and it's very interesting because you're just like, oh, that's a funny story, but even better, you have in the next, uh, in the slide, um, and in the verse 1917, because it does something. This, uh, I think there is a sli- yeah, yeah. Because C- it's not just a weird, funny story. Because the whole climate changes. They can see what is real spiritual power and what is fake. And so we, we look there in um, 1917 that fear falls on everyone. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus both Jews and Greeks and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Paul is talking about Jesus. And this is Jesus changing all these people's lives. He is the one and he's the one with real spiritual power, not this fake stuff that the other people had because they could see they just got beat up by these demonic things So we don't have just this humiliation of these itinerant people that probably travel around and cast out demons for money or at least pretended to and just imitate whatever was working at this point. But instead, fear falls upon all the believers and above the whole city of Ephesus. There's a reverent fear And what does that do? Well, then the people who have become believers, they all of a sudden go home, look in their shelves, and then they they take all their weird magic books that they still had, because they're like, well, we're following Jesus, but we haven't really thrown away all these occult things. And so actually Luke is, Luke is showing how much different Jesus is and how much he rules over all that cult and all those practices, all the spell casting. So the believers are taking just an, a good look at what they have on the shelves at home. They bring all these things, and they're worth a lot of money. They bring it and say, okay, we're done with this. We don't want to mess with those things. We need to get this stuff away. They make a bonfire and they burn it. So the fear of the Lord comes upon people. And then they go like, okay, the things in my life that needs to go away, that needs to go away now. I don't want to pretend those things. I need to get this away. Um And then in in uh, I think there's also a slide for that one, the one from 1920. I think there's bigger slides. Well, okay. Uh, but because then what happens afterwards? You, if you have your Bible, there it says uh, after they burn on the b- all the books, we have the verse in 20. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So as we as we continue to see how God is working healing by even just little things, seeing that nobody can take the name of Jesus and use it just to do something. No, there has to be, the Holy Spirit has to be in people to do that. The consequences where people get beat up makes the believers and other people fear the Lord and take all the occult practices they used to have and burn them and then continue to follow the Lord. And the consequence is the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Another part where, where Luke is continuing to tell us what is happening that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is still being proclaimed, that more people are getting to know who Jesus is. They see the extraordinary power that God has over the physical and over the spiritual.
0: Mm.
1: And as we look at that, so what about us today? Because the same thing is true today that the Lord God we worship in Jesus Christ. He is Lord of the physical and the spiritual. Nothing is a match for him. But in our own strength, as we saw with the seven sons of Shiva, the demons can just take us out. No problem. But in Christ, it's totally different. And as we're just looking at our own stories, a little bit also what Minus was talking as we were pers- thinking and praying, as you look at how you understood how God loved you and showed that Jesus Christ died and he rose and he made a way for you and me to have our sins taken away, that Jesus is the only way. When we understood that the fear, but also the fear and the love of God let us to repent. let us to metaphorically take all of our occult books and burn them, of whatever was in your life that needed to be repented of and put on the fire. So when we look at our lives, it's all the things that are not following the Lord's word. So maybe we don't have a bunch of occult books at home. I mean, if you have, you probably should get rid of them. Uh, but it might be all the things. It might be the things that you have there in your life or on your bookshelf that just doesn't match the Word of God. The questions for us would be: Well, have I experienced this fear and this love of God, where? whatever is not of God's, I want to lay that down and give that back do I believe there's only true life in Jesus because we have a new master we have a master a savior because sometimes I mm, this of course not you guys but I've heard, I know, I've heard of some people that sometimes some people start arguing, some Christians, they start arguing, but I'll, I'll hold on to this things from this world, and I would not submit to what this says about sex before marriage or sex outside of marriage. I'm not going to listen well to what it says about money. I'm not going to listen to what it says about drinking. I'm not going to listen to what it says about pride, status, reputation, gossip, porn, lying, stealing. That just shows me and us that when those things become above what God says we don't have the good fear and reverence of the Lord we have made ourselves God because we choose what is right and what is wrong I think it shows that we've misunderstood the gospel. We've we've misunderstood the love of God because we don't understand who God is then. We don't have this reverent fear and honor of God. We don't have this immense joy that also Myers was talking about earlier. The one where we can rejoice even in pain But no, we will pick whatever thing of these things that was before and choose to live for that. Whether that's money or reputation, showing that we've misunderstood what the gospel is. And it's interesting because, as we go through acts, it gets killed every time. And we're going to see it here in a little bit. The money part is going to be destroyed. The part of, like, I know better I know spiritual things that are better. Do you think there is an Artemis temple today? No, there is not. That is destroyed. There are no people worshipping that God today. And so when we are tempted to do those things, and I'm not saying it's not just bad people, I'm provoking us here because all sermons should be challenging and encouraging, and here it's challenging because I know you have the same tendency as me to trust other things than God. So you trust you 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 if you're a, perfon, if you're a person who needs affirmation, sometimes you would trust that from you, people who don't love you, and they was like, "Oh, I will believe what they say." Might be total lies. You or me would choose honor at work instead of being honest about who Jesus is. We would choose to be served instead of serving. We would choose to continue to hate our enemies instead of to pray for them. We would continue to talk people's pe- behind people's backs instead of lovingly talking to people eye to eye. We would say it's not stealing, but we will take things that is not ours because we kind of deserve it we think so that's the challenge is like, what are the things do we have a right view of how holy God is and do we have a right view of how much we've been saved from that it's nonsense to think that those things would satisfy us but it's so easy but it's so easy to take the compliments of the person that's right there although maybe might be lying through their teeth and instead of lying to you, they should have said, no, that's a really bad idea. It's going to hurt yourself. It's going to hurt your family, your kids. Don't do that. Are they going to say, or you going to believe the opposite? You're going to believe what the media says about your body. You're going to believe that you only worth something if you produce it works the other way around too, like bringing you down, bringing you making you sad, making you frustrated, and maybe maybe getting you believe that you are worth nothing, and that you can never measure up, and there's always something you have to run run and 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 make yourself lovable. But we know in Christ that is not true, because those although all those things were true, he meets us right where we need him the most. And God shows us that He loves us by sending Jesus. In the next part, from 21 to th- 23, we see kind of a glimpse of where Paul is going. So, right now, he's on the. Can you show the map? Uh, he 's on this third missionary journey, and so he 's in Ephesus now, and he just sketches out i 'm going to go through Asia, go to the Achaia, and then i 'm going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm actually wanting to go to Rome at some point as well so he he He, 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 uh, he sketches that out, and then i don 't know if you <laughs> i don 't know if you watch bicycling sometimes he kind of said he kind of uh, s- tells two people to go ahead of him and make and prepare the way. So sometimes they do that in bicycling. They set people up ahead so you can bike up to them. And they will help you when you get there. So he sends um, uh, Timothy and uh, um, Erastus ahead into Macedonia, and so he can meet up with them uh, there. So that's kind of a transition thing of just looking, bringing us up to speed. What it's, what's going to happen from here? What are the travel plans? Wha- how is the how is the spirit? How is the Holy Spirit going to continue to expand? This good news about Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. So we're going to see the next part. Uh, there was a very—it's a long part. It's the twenty-three through the rest through forty-one, and and I like I said, it's the the main motivation here is reputation. Well, it's money and reputation. Those are the big things that are at stake. So Demetrius—he's a silversmith, and as we've seen, this is kind of the 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 thing is that the. When, when the people, when the, and we also talked about this. This is also spiritual opposition, because yes, he is fueled by his own greed and his own pride. But we see that every time the words prevails, the evil one tries to stamp it out. So here we get a, here we get it here we get another chance by the evil one to try to stamp this out. And so, um, so. There's a verse 26. Uh, there should be PowerPoint with verse 26. Yep. And so this is what, this is, uh, is uh, Demetrius' speech to his colleagues. So Demetrius is making a lot of money, and he has a lot of colleagues in the trade. So he gets people together. Maybe he gets up on a little box, and he says, and this is so amazing, is because it's kind of actually really testifying to what God is doing. And you see in here that not only in Ephesus but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned m- turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. That is pretty funny. Okay, so 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 here here we have we have a testimony of a non-believer saying that Paul has through the Holy Spirit has success in all of Asia, and a lot of people are getting to know. Jesus. Now that's not what he wants to convey, though. But <laughs> he wants to—he st- wants them to start a riot, have Paul beaten up, and kills because then we would have this thing stamped out. And it's so interesting because we have from Isaiah, and we have also in the Psalms, in different places where where Isaiah is very—he's called a sarcastic. So he he has this—he's uh, he's chastising the Israelites when they make their own gods, it's just like, you take a piece of wood, you use half of it for the fire, and the other one you make, a, a, you're a god. Can't you see that's stupid? Like, that's my translation. Like, can't you see that's insane? That you're worshiping something, your hands have made. So here he's just like, it doesn't make sense. And he's, uh, let's just face it, his main, main motivation is to continue to make his money, and so, in this way, he's used by the U one to try to stamp out Paul and the believers there, which is really interesting because it seems like that the Christians of believers has more success at this point than he does. So it's money first, status. He says, like, well, our trade can be in disrepute, and then in the, the, even the, the third is that that their God might be dis, in disrepute so his his own God is on third place money's first uh reputation, and then his god that's not the right way us believers. God should also be first so so he's a lot of motivation by greed. but maybe I have just uh, written a little question, <laughs> but are we in it for the money? Am I in this? Am I in the pastor because of money? That, that would be, you know, because it doesn't pay that well. But, but then are we in it for the blessing? Are we in it to get God's stuff? And I don't really love God or fear God, but I want his stuff. I want a good marriage. I want nice kids. I want him to bless me. There's a quote, and I couldn't find the quote, so it's kind of like a quote of something, I think. This guy called Tim Keller, he said one time, we all come to God like, it, for forgiveness of sin and rebellion. So that's actually, that's actually selfish. So we come to God because we need a savior. So in some sense, that's actually selfish. So if, if the thing doesn't tip, as we saw in Ephesus, if it does not change our heart and mind that we love and honor God, are we just in it for ourselves to be selfish? You've heard a gospel preached sometimes, accept this and you won't go to hell well, what if you live a whole life and you don't love God at all? Is that the true gospel? No, it does not seem to be like that because something has to change. We cannot just be in it for God's stuff, but for who God is. God loves to give us Like God loves to give us forgiveness, Jesus' righteousness, eternal life. But our motivation has to change at some point when we love and honor God for who He is and not just go and want His stuff. But our cry is... Jesus you are my lord god and savior i want s- my life to serve and worship you and in because of my f- reverent fear my motivations i want to be yours god and then as a uh, westminster confession says that i will enjoy you now and forever not focusing on what you give me, but how much I can honor and serve and love you. Because, cause if we do that, if we do that, and this is uh, this is well written, it's like somebody else did it. Because if we do that, we get to the pay point. What Myers also said then the worst thing that can happen is we die and we die then we go to be with Jesus because then we're totally free. If our, only, uh, if our only audience, and Lord help me be the same, if our only audience, if our only fear is God, then nobody else can determine what we do. None of our feelings, none of our frustration can be caused by other people because there's only one audience and it's the one we want to love and worship and serve. Therefore, all Thinking about things being embarrassing, thinking about thinking about what other people think about, that all goes away. Because there's only one audience. And that is freedom. That is freedom. When Jesus asks us to take up our cross and follow him, we are like, Oh man. But we failed to see that's true freedom. Because then it's his life and not ours. And we will be unbeatable. Just like the first ones. If our concern is only about what God thinks of us, nobody can touch us. I have no idea where I am in my manuscripts. (laughs) I'll give give it a shot and find back. Uh, No, but I I really believe this more and more, and I want you to pray for me. I want that life. Every day, being God is about what you want. It's not about what I want. Lord, I don't want to be influenced by what that person thinks. I just want to share who you are. Why not for you all? Because I th- really truly believe that's true freedom. <laughs> now, we've seen their tactics the whole time. Like So, Demetrius, he gathers his crowd, and he. Th- th- this is less likely, I, I mean, I said it's kind of a funnier chapter because it, again, depends on your humor. Um, but just imagine 25,000 people. Our, sh- our stadium isn't that big either. But. It's like, uh, a lot, the, most of the whole cities are, <laughs> I'm asking Joseph, like, hey, why are we here? It's like, I don't know. It's like, all the people, Satuks asking Masood, like, why are we here? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. But it's, we're just all supposed to be here, I guess. It's like, most of the people in the stadium have no idea why they're there. I think that's comedian. <laughs> Com- comedic, like, they're just like, hey, let's go to the stadium. Like, uh, why are we here? Well, I don't know. It's like something with the silversmith. I don't know, somebody, Paul... No, there's some dudes down there to travel with Paul. I don't know. I can't see them. They're really small. Um, <laughs> this was like, that's just kind of a funny situation. Paul is like, Paul, he sees it. Paul sees it like, hey, 25,000 people, I'd like to share the gospel. I would like to go in there and share. And the, the believer's are like, nah, that is probably a pretty bad idea. And Paul's like, I. I I mean, we have a chance, like there's 25,000 people, you know, <laughs> we, everybody can hear. We'll, we'll see what the Lord does. And they're like, no, 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 we can't. That, like, they will tear you apart. And then even, even people, uh, at this point, people in emphasis of high standing, like city officials, have also, that's what artisan means. I had no idea what it meant either. So I looked it up. Um, city officials, they also send it like, don't come, don't come, you can't come, you can't, you can't come. So they really fear for for Paul if he would go in. But Paul's like, I think it would be a good opportunity. Uh, and <clears throat> he's not allowed to do that. And then it becomes comes a little more strange because it seems like the Jews are like, okay, guys, okay, guys, so we are Jews, we're not really, we don't believe in, in Jesus, so let us explain. Like, uh, But then <laughs> when Alexander, they hear him, they're like, what? He's a Jew. And they just start yelling for two hours. Two hours. Two hours. They just keep yelling. Great is there. Uh, what do they yell? What is. It? Great is Artemis. And you might, in your Bible, you might have uh, Diana. That's the Roman um, translation or the Latin translation. And they just shout that for two hours. I was like, okay, we don't know why we're here as, like, is is there going to be food? Like, (laughs) I don't know if they can have something. But for two hours, they yell this, although they're not really sure why they're there. And then, actually, uh, uh, finally, a town clerk, he's like, okay, man, I I could probably use my time better, and I'm afraid of Rome, so we got to shut this thing down. He judges totally right. Like, he goes right to the thing. He's like, hey, Paul and everybody else has done nothing wrong. If you want, if you have a complaint... Then use the court. So it also shows that Christianity, all the places, is not undermining society. They're free. They're, they're when when they are asked to go to court. Nobody asks. Nobody goes to court. Like the devil doesn't go to court. The evil one. <laughs> the evil one just incites riots and wants to rip people apart. But the town clerk, like, if you have a complaint, Demetrius, go to the court and if you have another issue we can bring it up at another scheduled meeting because if this is seen by Rome uh, Ephesus is a free city so so they have some form of autonomy but one thing the Romans do not look with a favorite eyes on is riots so they would love to swoop in and then take, take control total control again so he's like okay go to the courts and uh, um, if you have any problem, you can, you can, um, you can talk to the, yeah, bring it to court instead of just coming here, starting a riot. And he says, "Yeah, now it's time for you guys to go home." And I say to Joseph, "So why were we here? <laughs> I don't know. What, we got, what was good? To, we used divorces voices and yelled for two hours, but I don't know. Something with the silver people." Okay, so all of those things, what do we see? A comedic, kind of tragic comedic thing. We see God is the one who has power over the spiritual, over the physical. Um, We see the oppositions. We see the spirit of selfishness, greed, the confusion, the shouting instead of reasoning. I said it before, like if you're in an argument and you start shouting or you start insulting the other person, or that that'd be online as well? Have you never? I'm not. This is not an encouragement to go online and go into these threads where they start out like uh, good, the normal discussion, and then somebody calls somebody a name because they don't have any more arguments. That's when you lost an argument. So if you sh- shout somebody's name for two hours, you probably don't have great arguments for that. But also, just something for us to think about: like, do I? vilify other people when I don't have words to speak so at the end of the the thing we have to look at it and we've been through it what is our motivations is it honoring Christ Jesus the real God can heal by even just power of a handkerchief but it's not the handkerchief and it's not Peter and it's not Paul it's a loving God who chooses to do that to show who He is. Cast out demons, save to the uttermost. There's this beautiful passage that says, "My arm is not too short to save." The question for us is: Do we believe that? Also in the everyday. Or do we think that person in our family, that person at the job, God can't do that? But that's not what it says. It says that he can. Who do we worship? Who is our father? Jesus is confronting the Pharisees at some point, and then he says to you your father is the devil. Well, our father is the devil for money, selfish ambition, reputation. If I only want God's things and not him. If it's all the world, the flesh, and the devil that's motivating us, we have to be very careful that we're not working the opposite and inciting rebellion against God. Like I said, how many, how many? You saw the ruins. There's no worshippers of the temple of Artemis. There is about a billion people, worshiping Jesus. Luke makes this clear throughout the whole thing. There is only one, true and living God. And there are no match the false gods and the people that go in there, motivation of greed and the flesh, they end up in ruins and die. But in Jesus Christ, people are healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you just bring 1920 back, Nineteen uh, twenty. Oh, I'll, I'll just read it. Um. <clears throat> so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. The word of God that we've seen spread through the word of, through the book of Acts keeps spreading. And continue to increase and prevail now i've read and written land the plane okay <clears throat> all right so what does it mean it means that you've been challenged today you've been encouraged some of you out there or some of you here maybe some of the things have come out am i in this for myself am i really am i as my desire to die to myself so i can live fully or is it that I want all these other things and I'm trying to use Jesus for it? Then I really ask you to repent of that and come to the real Jesus and see him as honorable, the only one to fear, the only one to live for. Because that's the true gospel. Not that he gives us stuff. Yes, the Father loves to give us stuff, but that's not, that's not the thing. We need himself the most. And our hearts need to be lived in that way. (coughs) Out there, in here, that's made possible by Jesus. His life, death, and resurrection, and his coming back. That's made possible. And that's a free gift by grace. So, pray, ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. we would love to hear from you. And if you're in here, if you have any questions you want to be prayed for, we would love to do that. And if you are there, because some of you are, this is your mission. This is your whole life. You have given up everything to follow Jesus. You're trying the best you can in the power of the Holy Spirit to live this life. Well, then let us rejoice because he has done so many great things. He saved you. He saved many other things. He does stuff all this time. Let our joy be our strength to the praise of the glory of God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. I praise you and just thank you that we can be here together. Um, Lord, you work all places and all times. You can heal through items of clothes. And Jesus said, You never leave us, you never forsake us, you're always near. I ask for our hearts and minds now do our opening them up that we might see you clear, more beautiful, more lovely, more amazing, more awesome. Lord, help us to be motivated to love and honor you. You've asked us to love the Lord your God with all our heart, mind, sound, soul, and spirit. Lord help us that that's our motivation. Lord, I pray against any condemnation we never preach to condemn. never pray is there any condemnation voice? We ask that it will be turned to conviction and repentance. Pray against the evil one have any foothold in you of here. We pray that in Jesus name. that will be expelled, but we will have true joy in repenting and turning to you. Lord, I ask for your mercy and your grace that we would be people who live lives all surrendered to you. And Lord Jesus, help us to know that is the true life in you. The abundant life in you is to follow you, not our own way. Lord, I pray for that. Pray that that would help us shine as lights in this city, in this place where we are. You will be glorified. You will draw people to yourself. We thank you so much for this time and in your beautiful name, amen. We have technical difficulties, uh, but that's okay. Y- if you